You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hey, Space Cadets, this is Allison. Um, This episode of The X-Files Home covers such topics as incest, rape, body horror, and infant death. So we do discuss those in this Double X-Files episode. And if that sounds pretty unpalatable to you, you might want to go ahead and skip this one. Just letting you know. Okay, catch you later. I'm Courtney. And I'm Allison. And we're Courtney and Allison, and this is The Double X-Files, a podcast that is sometimes about the X-Files. This time, I'm going to predict... We're going to talk about the X-Files. I think we're going to talk about the X-Files a whole lot. I think we're going to talk only about the X-Files. Well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> can I Can I just set the scene for everyone? Please. It is a Saturday morning. You're very tie-tie. Yeah. I am also very tie-tie. Uh, I brought over my breakfast slash lunch, which is Uncle Fatty's vegan pizza. Hell yeah. Very good. Uncle Fatty's sponsor us. And we just dove into this episode while I was eating pizza. <laughs> yeah, we did. Oh. Hey, warning. Hot tip, you guys, don't eat during this episode. (laughs) Gets a little gross. Yeah, there's some stuff. But I like it. Well, okay. I was excited about the grossness and how the fact that this was one of those episodes that was very popular in terms of its body horror. Yeah. But then we read things about the not-so-good things. Like the incest and the maybe rape and the babies and the... So we were very conflicted. Yeah, and we didn't really know what to expect going in. We had... We had things that we thought were going to happen, but really didn't. Yeah, I definitely thought that this episode was going to be played a lot more seriously than it was. And there were elements of not so serious. Yes. Give me that hot Netflix description. You got it, babe. Excuse me? Sorry? What? Hmm? Um, <laughs> uh, the Netflix description for season four, episode two, Home, reads as follows. The agents encounter a family of inbred animal-like brothers living on a farm in a remote section of Pennsylvania. Wow, I really didn't read that beforehand, and I did not like the way it felt in my mouth. <laughs> Which part? Uh, animal-like. <laughs> because that is one of the main issues that I have with this episode. For me, it's the remote sen- section of Pennsylvania. Oh, you don't like the way Ick. that feels? <laughs> Pennsylvania. Can I talk about the point system we have going on? Yes, please. We have a point system. At the end of every episode, either you or I predict. Mm-hmm. This I had this prediction. Uh, let's face it, I forget, we forget what we predicted very often. Oh, most times. But I'm pretty sure I predicted about some, uh, hillbilly-esque You definitely situation. did. I don't think I said inbred. No. I don't think I said, like... You said, like, Appalachian Hill Folk. Yeah. You, so I, I would say half a point. Yeah, I think you get half a point. Okay, guys, if you're keeping score at home, <laughs> episode two, season four, I have a half point. Point. And I I'm have in the lead. no points. And you have no points. Let's keep it that way. Okay, we'll see. Let's go. So, what do we do next? Now yeah. we talk about the episode. Oh, do we have to? Yes. Okay, fine. Because I have a lot of thoughts. You have a lot to say. That I thought about this yeah. episode. <laughs> um, so, the cold open is probably one of the most infamous in X-Files history. Yeah. It And it was shot very interestingly. It was really cool. I mean, I would say the whole episode was very... Well thought out visually and very appealing. Uh huh. I oh yeah, the look of it. Yeah, I was super into. They had a very particular vibe, and also we, you know, when we watched season ten, yeah, uh, we didn't, we hadn't seen this episode, so we didn't understand any of the callbacks that were in um, Home Again episode ten oh four. Oh yeah, I kind of rubbed that out of my subconscious. Rubbed it out. I just rubbed one right out. Of my whole life. Yeah, that Home Again was one of those, was I think the only episode of the revival we kind of liked. Yeah, and it was because of that element of having like, what was it, Uptown playing? Uh, Downtown. Downtown. Uptown, funk you up. Uptown, downtown, fuck you up. Fuck you up? What? Sorry. I'm not familiar with this song. <laughs> you don't know the kids' music these days, No, huh? I don't know anything it's, about what the kids are listening it's to. It's all about fucking, let me tell you. 
Is it? It, it really Just is. Just every song is about every smushing? Every single song. Name me a song, and I can tell you why it's about fucking. Oh, gosh. Um, Dancing on My Own by Robin. Well, that's about fucking yourself. You know, dancing on your own. Oh, shoot. Right? Yeah. That's easy. That is easy. My bad, my bad. Can I just point out that <laughs> you could pick any song in the world, and you picked a song by Team Pop Sensation Robin. It's because I was listening to it before you oh, came you? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All of them. About fucking. So, this episode is also about fucking. Yeah. And it makes me feel super uncomfortable. We're going to talk about that. Um, but let's go into the hubris of fucking, which is uh, pregnancy and birth. Yeah, so the cold open, we see a baby, a child has been born unto the world uh, in a very dark house. A child? Question mark? Yes. Question mark. Now, this is the thing that I got back to, and I want to mention it now. Now, these, the whole premise Mm -hmm. is, well, let me tell you about this premise. Yes, please. In case you weren't (laughs) paying attention. These people love to fuck their mom. Yeah. And the mom is okay with it because the mom is all about keeping the family alive. That is what the episode presents, yes. That is what the episode presents, um, we're going to talk about the consent factor there, because there's some big issues with that. Yeah. Um, if they want to keep their family alive, why did they kill this baby? Now, I don't know, but I'm going to assume because they felt it was... No, you know, that's a good question, because even if they thought it was not viable, like, what are their markers? What are they no. like, oh, this one's a little bit too red. Yeah. Like, it's just all... It looked like a peri-peri chicken. It did. I. It looked <laughs> like it was hanging in the window of a barbecue shop. This one looks a little too spicy. Gotta put it back. <laughs> or, 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 they're planting the baby. Oh, so that it'll grow. So it'll grow and make a baby tree so they can get more babies out of that one baby. And if only it hadn't been for those sandlot kids. Those sandlot kids dug the baby seed up. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that weird is that is this joke in poor taste i don't know i that's what i feel confused about for this whole episode is like are the things we're saying bad (laughs) then i think that's where we have to bring context into it right yeah like this episode was written by someone yeah about these characters yeah um and so any poor taste should be laid at the feet of the writer so we can make whatever jokes we want yeah Mm -hmm. Uh. Well, maybe not. No. But I do think, like, for me, that's a huge thing, is considering and keeping in context, like, the fact that this episode was written by people who were consciously making the choices that we see. Yeah. For example, like, the first thing that totally threw me off about this episode immediately was the, the comedic elements of the score. It sounds like it has very comedic elements, and that was a conscious choice by someone to be like, mm, this baby was born, and now they're burying it in the dirt, because they're a weird family. Is <laughs> <laughs> It was very, like... It was something you would use in a sitcom almost. Yeah, and so that's where immediately I was thrown off because, as I said, I thought this was going to be a much more serious take and Dark. I was prepared to be upset about that. Yeah. But then I was like, well, now what's happening? Because I feel like this no, episode <laughs> is tonally just all over the place. And now I feel really weird because yeah. I made a baby tree joke. I'm going to give you a pass. Okay. Because I'm going to make a joke about a jam geyser later that okay. will blow your mind. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um... So this, they're into home birthing. Yes. Which is a thing. I've never uh, seen nor taken place a a home birth, but it's very popular in Vancouver. Did you know that? Yeah, in lots of places, actually. Um, I have a question. Yes, please. Where do you, if you give your, if you birth your baby Mm -hmm. in your home, Mm -hmm. it would be on your bed, right? Uh, I think like a bed or a couch or like maybe they bring in like a specialized table or, you know, I'm imagining like a massage table. Well, that's not very, I mean. Because there's the hole in the, <laughs> stay with me. Oh, 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 no, I see where you're going. The head part of the massage table has uh-huh. a hole in it. Uh-huh. And if you get the baby directly through that and into the doula's waiting arms below, um, you get five points. And if you show Kobe, you get ten. And it's kind of like, you know, those pimple poppers? Yeah. It's the pressure is right up in there. Yeah. And just squeeze that baby So out. if you manage to get the baby directly through <laughs> that hole and into someone's waiting hands, like, You've mastered it. Well, that that answers my question because if you're having your baby like on your bed, you gotta like get oh, rid don't of do that. You gotta get rid of that bed. You've gotta burn it. <laughs> so much of your insides just came out onto that onto bed. onto that bed, and then you sleep in it. 
Like, where would be a good place to... That's what... I mean, me, personally, I will never do that. No. You you either. Uh, so, you know, it's just two people who will never have babies. But if I were to have a baby, I wouldn't want it in my house. That's a lot of me all over the place. <laughs> and stuff is not just coming out from your, your baby canal. <laughs> it's coming out of other spots in you, too. Yeah, you poop yourself. Oh, you poop everywhere. And then sometimes your uter- you get your, like, your vagina comes out? Yeah. Yeah. Like Prolapse. A, like a sea cucumber. Yeah, I think that's not that common. No? As I understand oh, it. Oh, I don't I'm know. I'm not sure. Hey, if you've had a baby. <laughs> you've had a baby. <laughs> hey, if, if you've been a baby? Huh? And, and you remember? And you remember. If something came out after you, like it was trying to chase you out? If you remember coming into this world, much like Kobe slams a basketball into a hoop, please write us. <laughs> we need to know. Uh, no, I do want to know about home births. Yeah. Home births. Maybe that's something to uh, for us to research on our off time. Uh, no? No. Watch a couple videos? Though, I remember, you remember um, in film school, I, you probably watched the movie, uh, what is it called? Window Water Baby Moving? Do you remember that? No. Oh. What is that? It's just a, it's an abstract film about his wife giving birth in a bathtub. Oh. Yeah. Now that, to me, is just, feels warm. What? Just in like a warm bath and it's yeah. just that baby's just slip sliding out of you like a Paul Simon song. <laughs> but then you're bathing in your, in your stuff, in your junk. Okay, anytime you take a bath, you're bathing in your junk. I mean, I can handle... No, as no, as soon as I pee in the water, it's done. My bath is over. Has that happened before? Always. Every single... Are you kidding? Every single time I have a bath, I just can't hold it anymore. I'm like, well, I gotta pee. Take out the plug. Stand up. But you've got, you haven't peed in the bath. Oh, sure have. Probably. Oh, gosh. Probably. Right? Oh, come on. Someone out there. What? <laughs> Is jerking it so right? (laughs) We promise to be wetter and wilder. Looks like we are uh, delivering. Anyway, let's talk about the Sandlot. Get it? Because babies, that was a good joke. Yep, I'm moving on. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so they bury this baby in the ground. Yeah, I guess that's important. We get the opening titles. Yeah. uh, And then we get this delicious Sandlot scene. I really like that movie. The Sandlot? Yes. And I like the Sandlot, too. Sandier and more lot. (laughs) And more babies? Because that's what happened. Yeah. And oh my gosh. So they hit this ball into the peacock yard. And yeah. they're like, well, we can't go get that. It went in the peacock yard. And it cuts to this <gasps> background boy. Our season four. You know, it's very early in the season, but we're going to call it. This is season four, the king of background boys. He's our MVP, you oh, guys. Oh, God. This kid just has this expression on his face like, <laughs> this shit again? And... That is the expression I had for this entire episode. He is us. Yeah. We are him. We are channeling him at all times. <laughs> we are background boy. <laughs> uh, if you want to see a picture of our background boy, because you probably missed it if you watched this episode. Yeah. Because he just like, it's like two seconds. Um, go to our Facebook page, just double X files, and yeah. you will see a beautiful picture of him. It's wonderful. Yes, wonderful. Uh, so the kid at home plate, and now here's an interesting parallel. Uh, the episode's called Home. Yeah. Uh, the Chiron says Home, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, and the baby is right underneath Home Plate. I don't, I don't get it. Well, it's like a, it's like a motif. Is it a portmanteau? No. What? No. Huh? Huh? Hmm? No? It's a motif. A motif. Yeah. A tableau. No, that's no? not the same thing. Never mind. A veranda? I don't think this is going to work. Does the home have a veranda? It did. It did. Ah. Um, got unrelated. it now. No, I got it. I got it. It's so good. this kid is digging his foot into the dirt and he hits, he hits jam. He hits red gold. Red gold. <laughs> raspberry jam. Someone's just planted a bunch of raspberry jam. Smuckers is going to just swarm in. Mr. Smuckers is going to come in in his helicopter like and like just cordon off the area. It's a Smuckers geyser. It's a sm- Old Smuckers. <laughs> the wraps every day at noon, on the hour, every hour. Just kidding, you guys. It was a dead baby. Oh. Uh. You feel bad now? <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> hey, you know whose fault it is? It's totally the writer's fault. Oh. No, I feel bad. But it was raspberry jam. Yeah. And the other Just thing. Just happened to have a baby the, in it. <laughs> and the other thing that I felt bad at is also the little baby thumbs up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But, again, guys, it's a dead infant. Like, that's not funny. No, it's hard to deal but with. But it, it was just really weird but feeling. That's, and that's 
what is confusing about this episode is the juxtaposition of these serious, dark themes and the comedic elements, right? And, like, Moeller being a fucking delight. Yes. That also Partially, confused sometimes. me. That also really confused me. But, like, to have this comedic, these comedic, like, musical elements while they're burying a, a, a live infant. Yep. And then it's like difficult little, to process. Little baby thumbs up, like I'm okay. And then they go. So, oh, we get to meet a very good character in this episode. We do. Uh, we get to meet the sheriff, Sheriff Smallwood. <laughs> is that his name? No, the actor's name is Taylor Smallwood. <laughs> no, Tucker. Oh, Tucker Smallwood. Oh, yeah. that's that's like I got. That's a very good name. It's <laughs> a very good name. If I came out into this world onto my mother's bed and was named Tucker Smallwood, I would be a happier person. I would be very, very excited. And also, that would be my drag name. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, I get it. Tucker. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I got it. Because you... Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's part of it. Love it. Great. Anyway, we meet... Okay, we meet uh, the sheriff. Mm-hmm. But we also meet... Um, hey... Can I talk about Walter's hair? Yes, please. It's really good. Yeah, it was very feathered. He just had a little swoop. I think, hey, can you tell I'm kind of going for that? Like, I'm going oh that direction. Oh my gosh. Looking <laughs> at you now? Like, yeah. Let me just, like, there. See? That's huh? a Mulder do for sure. Right? Maybe I'll just do that with my life. With your become an FBI agent? No. Okay. Just a David Duchovny impersonator. Oh, I love it. I can pull it off. Oh, absolutely. I can sing dad rock songs. I believe you. And be awkward on Twitter, right? (laughs) (laughs) I I know that you can. (laughs) I do it all the time. (laughs) Okay. So, this sheriff. At first, we like him. Yeah. But then he says some pretty shitty stuff. He's got a really weird point of view. He has a point of view that, as you know, neither of us agrees with, which is... I like things the way they are, and they should stay that way. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, so his whole outlook is like, he lives in a small town where he doesn't even have to use his gun, and nobody locks their doors, and he thinks that things are going to change now that they found this dead baby in the ground. <laughs> that dead baby's causing so many problems. It's really causing a lot of problems Actually, for no, him. it's Smuckers. Big Smuckers is coming in. Oh. They're going to set up a factory. They're going to hire <clears throat> immigrants. <laughs> God damn you, Big Smuckers. Big Jam Corporation. <laughs> big Jam, Big Jelly. Jamco. Coming to take our jobs. <laughs> Not our gerbs. Not our gerbs. Um, that's what he's afraid of. Yeah. And he also goes into what I was worried about when he talks about the Peacock mm-hmm. Brothers. It's like, these, you can't ask them questions. They're so feeble-minded. Which really sets up this whole confusing dichotomy that plays out throughout the rest of the episode. Are they? Yeah, this is the question. Like, both um, Sheriff Smallwood and uh, Mulder throughout the episode are saying, oh, they're, you know, they have prehistoric, and Scully, they have these prehistoric animal-like minds, and they, they're just running on pure instinct, and they have this, like, human instinct to propagate, and they're going to do it however they have to. Um, but then, you know, what we actually see of the Peacock family is that they are quite intelligent. Yeah, they're quite intelligent. Because if they're, if they are animal-like, if they're quote-unquote feeble-minded, then they can't give consent. And that's problematic. Exactly. And that's awful. But, so that's what Mulder and the sheriff are presenting. But then when we see them, it really confuses us because, like, no, these, these people... They are making traps. Yeah. They, they are, they, they know what they're alone doing. traps in their house. So what is, which one is it? Yeah. And I mean, they're consciously like, spoilers, uh, murdering people that they know are out to get them. Yeah. So it's very confusing. And then also if the fact is that they are, you know, and I hate this like conception or this presenting characters in this light because it's to me stupid. Yeah. Um, that they're quote unquote animal like or Running on instinct. Paleolithic. Yeah. Oh, it's so frustrating to me. Um, (laughs) She just shook. I did. I shook physically. (laughs) Um, Then it just, it takes away any agency from the acts that they're committing. And it it takes away, like, the how dark and violent those acts actually are. Yeah. Um, It's much scarier to think that someone could, in cold blood, murder someone terribly, being conscious of what they're doing, than it is, you know, this what I consider a pretty fictional concept. But then again, you have the music on top of that, the score on top of that, making it seem like, oh, these guys are real wacky. Yeah, like, you might as well have music that's like, (laughs) well, they're just like murdering people in cold blood. I mean, that would be really cool, though. Oh, boy. That circus music? Yeah, that's fair. Baby elephant walk? Baby. Right? Murder. Murder. 
Huh? Uh, 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 yeah. Should we write that? Do it. Um, yeah. Just, I think overall the thing I want to say is that this conception of people as being like animal-like or uh, running on pure instinct or feeble-minded is purely fictional. It's a fictional concept. And if that is what they're going with, then the whole this whole situation is rape. Yeah. It's non-consensual rape. Like, it's, it's, it's Whereas the worst. Whereas if the peacocks are, you know, like... They have a purpose. They know what they're doing. Which is what it very much feels like to me. Then Mulder and the sheriff and Scully are all just idiots who have no idea what they're talking but about. But we know that. Which seems like a weird way to conceptualize the leads of your show. Can I, but can I give you some evidence of that? Please. We go to the sheriff's office. Yes. And Scully is going to look at the baby that they found. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, guess where they keep the baby? Oh, in the morgue? Hey, well, that would be, oh, that would be a really good idea. But oh, not no. in the morgue. But not in the morgue. Where, Guess, where do they keep it? They, kept, they keep it next to Martha's, like, half-eaten birthday cake and Stu's sandwich in the in the refrigerator. Oh, super great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Looking mm-hmm. like a peri-peri chicken. <laughs> well, I thought they had it in a handbag. You did. Handbags are great. They are very wonderful. Handbags. I got my first handbag from Australia. Apparently, you Australians... You know how to work a ham. You know how to bag a ham, my friends. You're supposed to soak the bag in salt brine Mm -hmm. and put your ham in there so it stays mm, moist. That's what they were doing to this baby. (laughs) Yep. They put it in a salt bag. I feel so bad. You should. You're very terrible. I'm sorry. Uh, So he, uh, the sheriff, escorts Mulder and Skelly into a very small bathroom (laughs) to do an autopsy on the sink. Again, it was done for humor. Yes. This is funny. So, uh, but they're, but they're, they're cutting open a dead baby. And, uh, yeah, so what Skelly says about this baby is it has every rare birth disease known to man. And some not known to man. (laughs) Eh? (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What, what were they? Can't tell you. Not known to me. We don't know what they are. We don't know to me. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Sorry, that was stupid. No, I liked it. Um, and then the other thing that's confusing about this episode is that it's not an FBI matter, and Mulder knows that, <laughs> but Scully doesn't, and they have this whole conversation about how, like, she thinks they need to look into this because she thinks these boys are, like, instinctually grabbing missing women and, I don't want to say the R word, but, you know, raping them to propagate the species because that's okay. what their prehistoric instinct is. Uh, she's like, Scully. Scully. It's almost her argument is, like, men will fuck everything. Well, no, Their basic instincts. (laughs) I don't know. Sharon Stone. They will fuck Sharon Stone? No. I mean, I would. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's a basic instinct for everyone. Oh, yes. Um, I just, what what was her? So her argument is that, you know, if humans have this base need to propagate the species and that humans are merely like vessels to do so. That's gross. Which is like, I have so many problems with that, especially being a person who doesn't ever intend to have children. And as a person who can't. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what a horrible thing to say. What a, and, and then she starts talking about like, her having kids, and Mulder starts talking about her having kids. And they start talking about like, their own genetic dispositions and what genes they would pass on. And then Mulder says, I never saw you as a mother until now. Wank. Mother. Mother. And, oh, it's upsetting. It's very upsetting. Yeah. It's very upsetting. Uh, Because in this episode, it's one of those things where what Scully is doing and saying are pretty problematic. Yep, absolutely. And it's hard to be like, oh, Scully, you perfect angel. Because, like, she's saying some shit. She's saying some real... She is calling us out. Yeah. She's saying, hey... If you don't give birth in this world, you're not worth nothing. You're not doing your nature's duty. And I feel like I am worth something. I am doing my duty constantly. Oh, I am doing my duty all the goddamn time. (laughs) It's actually pretty frustrating. (laughs) Oh, poop jokes. Poop jokes. We were put on this earth to get just to talk so sweetly into this beautiful robot dick of ours. And our robot dick, Mike... And uh, just talk about shit. Yeah, right? that's all we're all we're good that's for. That's all we're good for. Shit talking, huh? War. What is it good for? This <laughs> talking into this mic. Okay, let's talk about probable cause. 
Yeah, oh boy. So uh, at this point, uh, Scully is convinced that these boys, these peacock boys, these beagle boys, uh, are... <laughs> Wait, what? What? Wait, what? Huh? Beagle boys? Beagle... Ah! Mm. So this is now the gritty reboot of DuckTales? Oh, absolutely it is. Uh, Very gritty. Well, okay, you know what? Actually, hold on. Pump the brakes. The Beagle Boys were pretty, like, they all looked the same. Oh, my God. And there was only one. There was mom. Yeah. There was the mom. That's oh, what I'm saying. Beagle Boys. Beagle Boys. So Mulder and Scully are ducks. Yeah. And then the Beagle Boys are... Beagles. Beagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. No, it, it checks out. And then... Hey, could someone... Hmm. What? And I hate, I hate to ask this, but I also very badly need it. Go on. Could somebody draw a fan art of that? <laughs> Mulder and Skelly as ducks investigating the Beagle oh, Boys in this episode. You know what? It's out there. I gotta find no, it. No, you know what? It, oh, it has to be. DeviantArt has everyone as ducks. Ducks that's or true, hedgehogs. That's true. And ponies. And ponies. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Oh, guys. We're probably on there. Hey, guys, can you go to double... What? Wait? What? No. Well, you said everyone. We're part of that. Uh, hey, go to doublexfilespodcast at gmail.com. Can you send us our favorite... Your favorite anthropomorphic Mulder and Scully? Oh, please, 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 please. We'll post them all to Facebook, please. <laughs> can't believe we're asking for this but do it hey what do you think as furries what do you think molder anthropomorphic wise is and scully is what do the furries put them in oh they're just the two characters from two lead characters from zootopia is that it yeah that's what i think but switched well molder's got to be a fox right oh damn it you're right i guess scully's got to be like i just think that's what it is (sighs) wait disney just caught this no because utopia is good is it it's, i haven't seen it's it. good it is good okay they do talk about some uh... i don't watch cartoons yes you do that's false i absolutely don't that's your job you just hold on before wait before we started recording <laughs> what did you show me allison i showed you the exit song to paw patrol and what did you say to me about the exit song to Paw Patrol? I said it got stuck in my head. Why? Because I had to look it up for work. <laughs> Your Honor, the defense stands. <laughs> you watch okay. cartoons. I have to watch cartoons for work. I don't enjoy it. Well, we have to watch this season for work, and we don't enjoy it. We got to keep doing it. True facts. Can we talk about how this episode was basically Resident Evil? Yes, please. The new Resident Evil. Okay, so Mulder and Scully go to the Peacock house, and they go up to the door, and they say, um, oh, we don't have probable cause, and then they see a bunch of blood everywhere, and they walk in, and they take some scissors, and they compare some footprints, and they're like, yep, they did it. They killed that baby. Oh, yeah. And they're like, is anyone home? No one's home. But there's like this slow zoom in to a pair of eyes, and it it is spooky. It spooked you so hard. Oh, it's so bad. I gotta look under my bed at night. And it was very like the new Resident Evil. It's very much oh, like if you guys haven't played and or watched the new Resident Evil, it is a hundred percent the Peacock family. Yes, a hundred percent. And really scary. And really scary and really gross. <laughs> That's why I can't play. I can't play first-person video games. Yeah, I um, I'm not great with jump scares. So when I play uh, like Bioshock or something, I yeah. just turn the brightness on my screen all the way up. Do you? Yeah, that's the secret. Really? Yeah, it's a hot take. Yeah, I didn't know that helps. Well, yeah, because then you can see into all the corners and everything. I mean, the stuff that you're supposed to be able to see is kind of blown out, but at okay. least you can get snuck up on. Hey, that's good. I'm just going to stick with my Animal Crossing. That's fair. There's no jump scares. Nothing. Can I tell you, I've been playing... Um, what have you been playing? I've been playing World of Warcraft a lot. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. <laughs> no, I, I, I support it. I'm okay, a big... Okay. I played Vanilla WoW. I played up to Burning Crusade. I gave it up because I had a life. Uh, and lack and lack of money. Um, then we started again before. Did yeah, we, we talk a, about that in the podcast? No, we. I don't know if we did. We had an all panda guild. We had an all panda guild. Its name what was P Tates. The P Tates. Because our favorite blog is pandatates.com. 
It is. It is. That we gave that up, we retired it, but now you're back. Now I'm back. I'm playing. I'm running around. What's your What's your tune? My tune? Yeah, what's your tune? Oh, it's one that I made ages ago. It's called Shmeeb. And? Tell me about Oh, uh, Shmeeb is a worgen hunter. Uh-huh. Uh, Shmeeb enjoys long walks on the beach. Uh-huh. Uh, and killing things. That's good. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Me and Shmeeb, mm-hmm. we'd hang out. Oh, and I have a, a, a pet that's a yak named Lil Boy. Okay, well, podcast over. <laughs> Let's play World of Warcraft. Hey, let's talk about this, um, mm-hmm. let's talk about, let's talk about this scene. The scene. Okay. So the Beagle Boys, they load into their car and they play a song that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't know what song that was. It's called Welcome. Welcome, Welcome. Yeah. Midnight, Midnight. And it's um, a cover in the, yeah. that was used in the show. Cover yeah. Of it. And they, they pile into their Trans Am or whatever. It's a Cadillac, actually. Sure. Cadillac Trans Am? Is that the same thing? I don't know. Let's say it is. Cars? Cars? We're just girls. <laughs> we don't know about vehicles. How do you use an alternator? How do, uh, how do I pump my gas? How does car go? <laughs> For real, though, we don't know we, shit about cars I, between us. But I drove here. Yeah, I know. How'd she drove that? me here. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm just a girl. Um... They pile in. They have the music. Music's very good. It reminds me of Home Again mm-hmm. with the downtown song and, or Uptown. I don't know which one. Um, and they come in with fucking bats. Yes. Like, and before this, we see a set, sort of setup scene where the sheriff is, you know, taking out his gun, preparing it, enjoying one last look at the neighborhood before things change. Modems, faxes, cell phones, Qu- microwaves. Quiz knows. Quiznos down the street. Ca- check cash places. Just all of the stuff you don't. Big jams moving in. <laughs> Big jams are coming. Can't stop the winds of change. Batting down the hatches, <laughs> you're gonna get jam on them. Hey, how do you know if your town's really made it? What business that moves Walmart. in? Walmart. Walmart, yeah, you think? For sure. For That's me- how I knew with my small town. Yeah? Yeah. Me, it's Whole Foods. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, like Burnaby just got its first Whole Foods. Fuck. Now I know you don't like Whole Foods. No, I, d- I hate because you did judge me for going there the other day. Oh, did I? Yes. Oh, I think I just like to judge you. <laughs> mm, that's fair. No, I did. I I do enjoy a Whole Foods because there's many variety for me as someone who cannot tolerate lactose. Yeah. Um, but I hey Allison, I walked in there the other day and I I bought ooh, a nine dollar block of vegan cheese and a ten dollar Caesar mix, organic Caesar mix. <laughs> and I hate myself a lot today Can when I, I woke you, up. <laughs> I bought like fourteen dollars worth of smoked salmon. From Whole Foods? Yeah. But I bet you it was really good. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> Taste all that good fish oil. Mmm. Um, that's when I think towns have made it. Is when they get a Whole Foods. When they get a Whole Foods. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this attack is fucking brutal. Yes. So the Beagle Boys come come into the room. The police chief sheriff guy tries to fend him off with a baseball bat. He doesn't do it very well because there's three of them and one of him. And they fucking smash his body in. Yes, they do. They Mul- just... Mulder says his his chest is one big hematoma. And meanwhile, his wife, who he has told to hide under the bed... Oh, God. Uh, you can see her fingers shaking as the pool of his blood grows towards them. And then they find her and beat her, They lift too. the bed up. Okay, here's the thing. This is what brings it back to this animal-like thing. Yeah. Because they are beagles, right? <laughs> yes. They are... Whoa. They are beagles. Yeah. Because they can smell people. Mm-hmm. They can smell human females. Okay. Whoops. Well, they can. Yes. They're Ferengi. Oh, Lord. <laughs> right? Female. They, they kind of look like Ferengi they with all the like, whack makeup they, they have. They do look like Star Trek makeup rejects. Yeah, and well, this is what bothers me again, is that they have this makeup that, you know, it the makeup that they have is sort of the kind that you would traditionally use if you're creating someone who's supposed to be a quote-unquote Neanderthal. Yeah. Yeah. The sort of stereotypes of that that we see on TV. Stop stereotyping Neanderthals. I was going to say, can you stereotype Neanderthal? Can you? <laughs> well, yeah. We don't know what I they mean, look like. Well, we have some idea, yeah. Do we? Yeah, we have skull well, they have recreations. The skulls. Do they, can you be, is it racist if you, like? Well, they were technically a different species than they? us. Yeah. But we fucked them. We fucked them and then we killed them. And then we are, is it true that if you have brown eyes that you are, have Neanderthal blood in you? 
No. Oh, I heard that. That's some garb. Oh, I felt really proud of my brown eyes then. I would suspect... You are you are blue eyes, so you are pure human? I would suspect that the amount of Neanderthal blood in human the human population is pretty negligible. Yeah? Yeah. I'd like to think there's a little bit in every one of us. <laughs> okay. It's like a little Neanderthal hug. You think I have a little Neanderthal no, in me? No, you don't. Should I? I do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I killed Courtney. <laughs> nice. anyway they did uh they yeah they were beaten terribly and again this is the confusing thing the music welcome welcome is like played for laughs yeah or to be spoopy i think there's a lot of comedy in the way they were driving the cadillac down the street they're like on their way to do a beating like it's pretty clear that it's i really liked it I really liked it. It was a fun watch. It was a, I really but liked it. But the tone is so all over the place that it's like, what are you? What are you being? This episode, what is it? You can't ask them what they are, Allison. You can't ask the episode what it's trying to be. No. Uh, this is when we also have the hypothesis, my, the My Three Dads hypothesis. Yes. Wherein Scully says that the baby is so fucked up genetically that- That's a medical term. That's what she says. They finally let Scully say fuck. She said that all three of the Peacock brothers are the baby's father? Yes. And then that, so she's confused because, well, the only way that would make sense is if they, you know, uh, propagated with a female of their own line and her ovum was weak enough that all three sperms could get in, which is like, oh, that doesn't sound like science, honestly. I don't think that can't, I mean, mm. more research required, but like, really? Isn't that how twins are made? Yeah, but I don't, like... Is it? Wait, is it? Uh, it depends on the kind of twins. You could have two sperms and there's two twins? Yeah, or it's one sperm and one egg, but the egg separates. Oh, oh, oh. okay. Um, so, and the, it's the difference, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the difference between identical and fraternal. Oh. Do you know snakes can have many dads? Really? Yeah. Because the mummy snake, she can retain sperm of many, many different... Uh, male snakes. Oh, so when you have a clutch of eggs, lots of them are different daddies. Could be. They don't know who their daddies are. <laughs> Much like Mulder. <laughs> no, we know who his daddy is. He's got is. a lot of options. We... <laughs> Do you think Mrs. Mulder was retaining sperm? Whoa, what? <laughs> I was talking about a different kind of daddy. Oh, no. You were talking about a sexual daddy. You know the premise of our entire show. I was talking about his actual biological father daddy oh no we know that that's um ronald reagan yes yes we thought that it was a uh, deep throat but now we know that now we know reagan. it's ronald reagan <laughs> the ghost of but we could do the like maybe she retains sperm May- maybe and Mulder is really three sperms in a man suit i don't really i don't know that i want to talk about miss Mulder's ability to retain <laughs> sperm has <laughs> kept it in her pocket i'm kind of yucked out has <laughs> kept it in her pocket for later oh boy pat pat uh, so they're ready to go get these boys. Yes. Get these bigger boys. Get, um, well, they meet up with the, uh, deputy. Who is Jimmy Fallon. His name is Pastor. No, Barney. Yeah, Barney Pastor. Oh, Barney Pastor. Because I call him Pastor all the time. Because, <laughs> oh, yeah. can I tell please, you why I know? Please. Because Mulder and I made the same Barney Fife joke at the exact same moment, and I, my skeleton just ran from my body. <laughs> I almost left the house. But it's cold. <laughs> it is very cold and rainy out. So, they're getting ready to get these boys. Yes. So they're like, ah, oh, these are animal-like people, so they won't see it coming. And then Jimmy Fallon goes in, and the the Beagle Boy sets some traps up. Yeah, so they have rigged up traps, so he opens the door, and immediately an axe swings down right into his face. Fuck. Or neck, I don't know. Kevin McAllister just upped the game. He sure did. Gonna kill ya. But, okay, so if these people are really animal-like or Neanderthal-like... How could they make, how could A, use simple machines, or B, devise complex traps, kill traps? Yeah, and if they're so quote-unquote feeble-minded that their only desire is to propagate their species and they, you know, like, barring any conception of consent. Yeah. How are they creating traps? (laughs) They gotta fuck all the time. Where's the trap time? Like, I feel like these things are, are mutually exclusive almost. Traps and fucking? Yes. That's why my house is full of traps. <laughs> Zero fucking. All traps. All the time. And I have no traps. Oh. Oh. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Just kidding. I can set up some traps around here if you want. 
We should trade our skills. Okay. Wait. Mm. Ah! <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Let's keep going. Um. <sighs> so the Jimmy Fallon dies, and so Mulder and Scully need to create a t- distraction. And so how they do that is they um release the piggies. Yes, they release the pigs on this pig farm. I don't like pig farms or no. like depictions of pig farms. No. It makes me very uncomfortable. Mm, no, but I do like pigs. Yes. They're really cute. They got the oinky noses. They're very cute. Oh, they're so cute. And the and they don't want to go anywhere. So Mulder and Scully are pushing them and they're like, oink, oink, no. And Scully says, ba ram you. And we're like, that's sheep, Scully. Scully? Jesus. What are you doing? That's sheep. You dummy. <laughs> So the boys, the Beagle boys, go have to go get their piggies. Yeah. So the Mulder and Scully, they they go through the traps. There's a bunch of traps. And then they find Mrs. Peacock under the bed. Yeah. Strapped in, may I say. And with no arms and no legs. Yeah. So it's unclear, kind of, how much of that is due to birth defects and how much is due to the car accident. I think she was in a car accident. She was in a car accident. That is That's why they think important. that she's not alive. Yeah. I, well, she said, well, my boy sewed me up. Mm-hmm. So I assume. But she also only mentioned specifically that her right arm was cut off. Oh, in maybe. the car accident that she saw it laying across her husband's dead chest. And yeah. I'm like, okay, writers, tone it down. So the fact that you have a woman strapped under a bed is really, like, It's gross. a lot. It's a lot to deal with. Uh, and I will say triggering. It because, made me very like, uncomfortable. It made me, yeah. Especially when there's, like, rape. Yeah, well, there's, here's the thing, is that there is a scene before this where the mother is, uh, has her three sons slash lovers around her. Oh! Uh, and, um, you see them, she's like, it's time, and they, like, take their pants off? But then they put their pants back on? It's very confusing. Hey, what my Pringles. What's underneath there? <laughs> is that your footstool? Yes. You fucking are awesome. I know. You know how to game in style. Hell yeah. Oh, I like this. <laughs> yeah, so... That scene makes us feel like she, that's her, she's the one masterminding it. She's the one instilling this idea of keeping it in the family. But again, the sons are very unclear. Yeah, so this is where kind of the question of consent comes up in a big way in this episode. And it's one thing that we have initially were very nervous about. Very, very nervous. And I was nervous about... All, all of it. All, all, all. Yeah, all and it. I mean, I think we can say that we, there have been episodes in the past where consent was very definitive and there wasn't any. Yes. And this one, because it was so cloudy, I'm still, I'm still calling it rape. Yeah. Because, because you, if you don't know if it's consensual, maybe from the mother's point of view, it was, but maybe if, if these sons are so, um, just mentally not there, they can't consent. And this is why it's difficult, because the depiction of the sons is not clear. It's not definitive. Like, we know what Mulder and Scully and the other people in the town think. We've seen the sons commit, you know, like, very dark acts um, that would lead us to believe that they're intelligent. Or not, I don't intelligent know. isn't the right word. I don't know. There are a lot of, like, serial killers and stuff with with IQs that are very, very, very low, and they just... I think intelligent I mean? wasn't the right word, no. but um, it's its difficult. That they know that they can make a choice of whether or not they want to do the do. Yeah. Right? And, I like, I just have difficulty with the whole conception of including characters, you know, c- committing acts like those that, that ostensibly might not... Uh, it just, the whole thing makes me very yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, no, and I think that's where I'm going to stand. I'm going to say, like, yeah, for sure, if you don't know if it's consensual or not, it's rape. Yeah. Right? Like, in this, it's not, it's not great. And now I think we can talk for a minute about the, um, what the inspiration for this episode was. Do you want to talk about that? Just briefly. Do you want to talk about the documentary and I'll talk about the other thing? Yeah. Okay, why don't you talk about the documentary? Yeah, the Brothers Keeper. Um, so this this documentary that they sort of based this episode on partially is called Brothers Keeper, and it came out in 1992, and it was about a family of four brothers who lived in a sort of rural setting. Yeah. Uh, and one of the brothers was arrested for the murder of the other one, uh, and it was never really definitive about whether he had done it. Yeah. And what the cause of death was. But basically, you can see what they're taking from this is that it's these brothers that live alone in a rural setting. And 
I think there are a lot of stereotypes on television, especially about um, Appalachian families in poverty yeah. and uh, what their lives might be like. And I think, again, it's just one of those situations where it's like, don't tell the story if it's not yours to tell. Yeah. Um, the other one was from actually an autobiography that I read, uh, Charlie Chaplin, and he was in a boarding house and he tells the story. Now, again, if it's if it's Charlie, you don't know if it's factually true or not. Yeah. But he tells the story of brothers that lived in this boarding house with him. And they had another brother who was paraplegic, mm-hmm. quadriplegic. And they would, who lived underneath their bed and they would roll him out and he would do a little dance for them. I, before I even knew that about this connection, that was the story that kind of came up. Yeah. And both are very, very gross. They're both very gross. And problematic. They're they're both problematic. And they're both, like, definitely the exception and not the rule when it comes to these kinds of stories. But here's the thing. The X-Files loves that. Yeah. Think about the organ trading in the Chinese community, that episode. And so this is what frustrates me a lot of the time about the X-Files is that the X-Files always feels like it's trying to tell you something profound. But it's not. Like, it wants to tell you something about the way the world really is. But it's only ever picking up on these very specific instances that are always the exception and they're always the extreme. They're the stereotypical scary thing that white people are scared of. Yes. Right? Yeah. That is for the shock value of it. And to the detriment of people in those situations who are not at all what's being depicted on the screen. I'll even bring up the Haitian voodoo episode. Yes. That that was very rough. That too. Same thing. So that's our that's our feelings from our heart. Yeah, those are our heart feelings. We're not all poop poop dick jokes. No. We have hearts too. We they, have hearts. They beat just like you. Right? Except we don't have blood in our, our veins, we have jam because We have jam. Guys. Guys. <laughs> big jam. We're in their pocket. We're in <laughs> they bought us out. Welcome to the Smuckers Family Fun Hour. <laughs> I'm Courtney Smuckers. I'm Allison Smuckers. Let's talk about strawberry. Are we for or against it, Allison? You're against it because you're allergic. <laughs> but that's okay. Mr. Smuckers will take care of me right quick. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I will link, I'll try to find a good story about sort of areas of poverty in Appalachia because I know there's a lot out there that there's I've a lot read. Of them. Um, I mean, it was, it was, it was fucking horrible. Um, I uh, listened to a Sawbones, which if you don't listen to Sawbones, the podcast do, they were talking about hookworm. Yeah. And like in the 1940s in West Virginia, 40% of children had hookworm. And I mean, I know this episode is set in Pennsylvania, but it's very clear that they're telegraphing a stereotype from a different part of the United States. Which is weird because even Mrs. Peacock talks about... The, the War of Northern Aggression? Yeah, because the idea is that this family has been around since the Civil War, and, and they've been, you know, sort of committing incestuous relationships since the Civil War. And she does refer to the Civil War as the War of Northern Aggression, but, but, girl, but she's in Pennsylvania. You're part of the Union. So it's very confusing. A lot of the tropes that they're playing with are not related to Pennsylvania. Maybe they thought that... Maybe they thought that if we put in Pennsylvania, it will be a little bit safer. Like, if we put this in West Virginia, people will be upset. May I say that they are not home safe. Nailed it. (laughs) Let's move on. Okay. (laughs) Yes, finally, the the, uh, Beagle Boys make it back into the house. Yes. uh, And one of them... <laughs> trips his own trap. He is hoisted by his own petard. <laughs> he he trapped himself. And uh, you you said mm, hubris. Mm, yes, mm, hubris. And then I pointed out that these characters, from the way they're portrayed, do not have enough agency to uh, commit hubris. They do. They do. If they have enough agency to make traps, they have enough agency for hubris. Yeah. Everyone has. My my fucking gecko has hubris. You can't say <laughs> anything about these characters that you wouldn't say about Kevin McAllister, in my opinion. <laughs> Kevin McAllister is that Neanderthalic motherfucker. He's only out to propagate the speech. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Hey, um, we done? No, we got one last scene. Yeah, so Scully has to speak to Mother Peacock, uh, Mother Beagle Boy, uh, about... <laughs> Mrs. Beagle Boy. Yes, she's... She, Mulder says, I'm going to deal with them. You go speak to her about the fact that she may be the only chance that the boys have at getting out of this alive. You talk to the ladies, Scully. You talk you talk mom things at her. I'll do man things. Like <laughs> like hit. Um so Scully has a conversation and, and Mother Beagle Boy is very uh take a hard line. These are good boys. 
these are good boys and this is the way that things should be and we're going to keep things going the way that they should be. And we're seeing the parallel between what she's saying and what the sheriff's opinion was about, you know, keeping things the way they are and not letting them change. Don't you know that big jam is on its way? Gotta stand up to big smuckers. First big smuckers, then Walmart, then Whole Foods. What is quinoa? <laughs> I don't even know. Can we just say, don't stand up to big smuckers? Big Smuckers is here to help you, and that's a message from Courtney and Allison. <laughs> hey, can we just say Smuckers sponsor us? Smuckers, we're gonna do you so right. We're gonna do you so right. Come on. We're d- already doing it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's let's clean up here. Okay. The ending is the sum of the Beagle Boys are dead. How many? I uh, don't Skelly, know. Skelly kills two of the Beagle Boys. Excellent. Um, because Mulder is in danger. Yes. Uh, and the main Beagle Boy and the mom fuck off. They get away in the Cadillac. And then they're in the trunk? Yeah, and we see the mother talking to the be- the Beagle Boy. Um, they're both in the trunk of the Cadillac, and she's saying, that's fine, we'll move on, and we'll build our family somewhere else. A better family. And plant- then- Make sure you plant those baby, baby trees. <laughs> Call back. Uh, and, um, he gets out of the trunk and closes it and, and gets drive in off. and drives off. So is she in the trunk? She's in the trunk, Oh, yes. nice. Lovely. Mm, 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 great. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, that's it. That's the episode, and boy, was it a ride. Let's rate this fucker. Okay. I rate on a spooky scale. Five is I'm super scared. One is I want a nap. Uh, I'm gonna give this a four because of that shot of Mrs. Peacock and her eyes in oh, the dark. Oh, boy. And because of the whole Resident Evil feel. It really pooped me. Now, I will say, and I didn't mention this before, just before I rate it, but I think this is one of the few episodes of The X-Files that I actually saw while it was on TV, and it's also the one that was only aired once. Hey! But I remember watching it on TV. You got that bingo, right? (laughs) I guess so. Bingo bongo. Bingo bongo. Um, And I know that it it fucking terrified me, and it was the reason I didn't watch any X-Files for a a long time. Wow. Cool. Um, so... Well, too bad we can't stop watching X-Files now. This one deeply affected me as a child. But, uh, I rate on a rage scale, which goes from one to Excelsis Day, and one means this is a perfect episode, and I take back everything I've ever said about Chris Carter and (laughs) his writing skills. Let's hope it never comes to that. I don't know if it will. Uh, and Excelsis Day means, like, God, this fucking sucked. Why are you doing this? If it's To me, personally. If it's an Excelsis... Allison Smuckers. If it's an Excelsius Day episode, we don't make any jokes. We no. just talk about the problems. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm going to give this an eight. Really? Yeah. Tell me about that. Uh, an eight because of, I mean, I have so many problems with the way that things are presented, with the language that's used, yeah. uh, with the way that these characters are stereotyped. It just, it made me angry in so many ways, um, and I, but I am going to give it some points for at least being visually interesting. Oh, it was so visually interesting. And I was actually really into it. Oh, really? I yeah. give it one whole point on the positive uh, for Sandlot Kid. Oh, background boy. Oh, our sweet background boy. <laughs> so you would be a nine home, but we background boy took you down to a eight. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Let's do some personal X-Files. Yes. Come and tell us, dude, about the spooky thing that happened to you. Cause we'll never tell you that we don't believe you. Unless we get affected, we will never leave you. We want to hear about your personal X-File. So, uh, we were curious because, as we know, this episode was only aired once and then it was pulled by Fox. It never aired any reruns. Yeah, it was rated mature Mm -hmm. and there's only one other X-Files episode that was rated mature. Oh, do you know which one? No. Okay. <laughs> cool. I'm sure we'll get to it. Um, and also, what's interesting is about this episode, Kim Manners, the director, said um, the shot where they buried the baby in the prologue said it was the most awful shot of his career. Oh. And I know if you read the Wikipedia page, uh, there's quotes from other members of the crew who said filming this episode made them very uncomfortable. Yeah, apparently the um, sheriff, he had to lay in fake blood for like a ha- like an hour. That's rough. Yeah, it's not great. So what other episodes of television only aired once? And why did they do that? Can we pick our favorite? Yes. So this is from an IndieWire article. And the first one that I'm actually going to cover, I think, is my favorite. Oh, yeah. That's probably your favorite as well. Um, And this is an episode of Married with Children, uh, season three, episode 10. And it's called I'll See You in Court. Um, So here's the synopsis of this episode. Deplorable couple Al and Peggy Bundy, along with neighbors Steve and Marcy, decide to sue a local motel for invasion of privacy following the discovery that both couples 
had their sex sessions recorded without their knowledge. Jesus. Of course, it all turns into a series of ritual humiliations for Al. Just Al, I guess. As his and Peggy's tape is found to be a few seconds long and possibly not even technically sex. A lot of questions about that. Whereas Steve and Marthy's athletic coupling goes on for hours. <laughs> hey, that hurts, man. You don't want to go on for hours. That's a lot. Of, oh, yeah. That's a lot. That does hurt. That's too much. Yeah. Hey, may I say that is too much. That is too much. That's too much. Intercourse. <laughs> you get tie-tie and you need a break and a drink. Unless you have a pizza break during. Oh. To fool now, fuel up. can I say the, the best break, actually? What is it? It's a shower beer. Hands down. Yeah, shower beer. You're midway through. You want to take a shower, so you're ready for the second half. You need a crisp beverage. Yeah, I like it. Done. Get that shower Good. beer. I got it. Um, And then you get back to fucking. <laughs> Ooh, boning so hard. Let's smush booties. Okay. What? Sorry. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Uh, And then there's a, a very funny mention of another piece that was regularly uh, pulled before actually being aired from Married with Children called a period piece that was about menstruation. Because mm. you can't show that on TV. Because people can't have periods. No. That's silly. Unless is raspberry jam down there. <laughs> then that raspberry jam was provided to you by Smuckers. And that's A-OK. Courtney's favorite. Because <gasps> I watched this episode live. <laughs> so did I. Um, Courtney's favorite episode from this list is Boy Meets World, Season 5, Episode 22, Promises promises. It's when Tor- Corey and Topanga try to fuck. Hell yeah. Synopsis. It's prom night and Corey and Sean are both hoping it'll be the night they lose their virginity. <laughs> but while that's taken off the cards early for Sean by girlfriend Angela, Corey and Topanga make it all the way to the bedroom in the hotel. Coincidentally, the same hotel Corey's dad is taking his mom to after the revelation that she's pregnant. <laughs> Emphasis mine. After uh, a hilarious and totally uncontrived, parentheses, thing happens with the room keys, and Corey ends up in the room with his mom while his dad finds Topanga, uh, and it's all sorted out sweetly enough, and Corey and Topanga decide to wait for another time and rejoin the prom party, of which they are, of course, king and queen. Can you imagine? But she totally gets fingered. Oh, he finger blasts her, oh, for, sure. for sure. Can you imagine Corey walking into that room being like, are you ready to fuck? <laughs> Hi, Mom. That's exactly what happened, actually. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Those are our two favorite, but we'll put we'll put the list up. You can see your favorite, too. Uh, there's a South Park episode. There's a Hannibal episode. Yeah. There's a I Love Lucy episode, which is great. There's a Seinfeld episode. Which I remember watching. Which I remember watching, too. Uh, there's lots of great episodes. We'll put that up on our Facebook. Just look up Double X Files, Twitter, um... Tumblr, probably. Who knows? Yeah, so um, if you want to reach out and find us on the internet. If you want to fuck us, then you're going to... What? Excuse me? What? Then you're going to have to bring some shower beer. The true, true, <laughs> true, true, true. Um, yeah, if you want to find us on the internet at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, uh, we're just Double X Files. Yeah. On Tumblr, we're fuck yeah, Double X Files. Yeah. Uh, and you can email us at doublexfilespodcast at gmail.com. Please email us and tell us about A, your home birthing stories, B, anthropomorphic Mulder and Scully, or C, what what's your pre or post coitus? What's your ritual? Coitus break. Mid coitus break. Yes, I just like to take a nap. That's a yeah. I mean, you got to get your energy back after round two. Ding ding ding. Or round finish round one. Yes. <laughs> really. Um. That's it? Is that all we asked? No, we gotta predict. Yeah, we gotta predict. Good. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's my turn. Good. Anything could happen based on a name. Anything could happen when you're playing the prediction game. Tell me. Allison. What's it gonna be? A way to dredge up all of your childhood anxiety. Season four. Yes. Episode three. T-Lico. T-Lico? Can yeah. you spell it for me? T-E-L-I-K-O. T-Lico or Teleco? I don't know. Whatever you... Hey, whatever makes you horny, baby. Eh? Shower beer. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm going to go with Teleco because there's only one E. And also because it makes me think of Jellico cats. Okay. The kind of cats that are in the musical Cats, which I hate. I hate that. I hate that musical. Wait. Wait. Well, mm. Jellico cats are Jellico no. cats. Wait. How did you pronounce that? 
Je- Jellical cats? Isn't it calico? No, jellical. Oh, okay. I They're not calico cats. I thought you were pronouncing calico wrong. No, but they are all calico cats. Mm. All calico cats are female. Did I, you know that? I didn't, but I think Magical Mr. Mistopheles is a tuxedo cat. Oh, are they? Okay. Anyway, let's go back to this prediction. I do hate that music. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> everyone, okay. Hey, everyone does. <laughs> Teleco. Hey, can I give you a hint? Yeah. It's going to be real bad. I can already tell. <laughs> I'm going to say it has something to do with telekinesis. Ooh, I like it. Okay. Because uh, teleco, it just, and it has a K. Um, so half point telekinesis. Yeah. Uh, I think it is about someone that is able to move objects by telekinesis. That is what telekinesis is. But they don't, they're not doing it like to be sinister. They're just playing fun pranks. Okay. Um, Except one of their pranks ends up in a murder. Okay. And also they're a magician. Ooh, so they're a magician that are, it's actually magic. Yeah, so he uses telekinesis in his magic tricks, but it accidentally commits a murder. So he's the great teleco. Yes. Oh, yes. Love it. Nailed it. Hey, good. It's actually better than what the episode actually is, I think. Oh, no. Well, that's going to be fun. Um, we told you how to get in touch with us, so please get in touch with us. Yeah, we um, love to hear from you. We love We're very to lonely. Hear- well, please reach out. Okay. I'm doing okay. Oh. <laughs> How nice for you. Um, <laughs> anything else? Uh, no. Yeah, just just keep in touch, y'all. Y'all? Until next time, the truth, truth is out, out there. there.